Well, today we're wrapping up a series we've been going through. This is number six, the final one, on marks of a Christian. And today we're going to be concluding with a characteristic which should distinguish us from the world more than any other characteristic that you could think of. And that's the mark of gratitude. As we read the story of the 10 lepers that wound up uh, coming to Jesus, we see that they stayed at a distance from him. I don't know if you've ever noticed this whole thing of vicinity. They were lepers. They were unclean. And so they stood back and they shouted, And they asked that the Lord would have mercy upon them. And then what does it say? It says the Lord said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And it says, as they were going, they were cleansed. Now it says, now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, uh, glorifying God with a loud voice. Now this is, I want you to notice this. And he fell on his face at his feet. Have you ever noticed this thing about vicinity here? Whenever they were asking for mercy, they were far away. They stood at a distance. And now this one who realizes that he's been blessed and the source of the blessing does something that is just natural, isn't it? He turned back and he didn't shout at a distance, thank you, Jesus. He didn't do that, did he? He didn't stand back at a distance and say, thank you, master. He rushes forward and comes right to his feet into the very presence and closeness of the Lord. And it's there that he expresses his gratitude and he glorifies God. And one of the things that's hit me this week is that many times we we seem to uh, just, we think that we're supposed to thank God because he's worthy. And people will tell you he's worthy. And you know what? He is worthy. No doubt about it. He is worthy of all praise and all glory and all honor and all thanksgiving. He is worthy. But another reason why we should give thanks is because it's worth it. It blesses us to give thanks and praise to God because it's only when we recognize our source when we recognize who the giver is and why we even have life, it's until we recognize that there is a God and that he cares about each one of us and that he's blessed us with the gift of life. It's whenever we realize that, that we can really give thanks And as we do so, we can't help but draw near to him. And what happens when it says in scripture, when you draw near to God, what does he do? He draws near to you. And so we wind up 
living in his presence in a very special way. Whenever we have a heart, that's a heart of gratitude. Now, as I was preparing this morning, I remembered a story I'd heard from a church member a long time ago. It's been about 40 years ago that I heard this story. And the lady that told it was in her 80s when she told it to me. So 40 and 80, you know, we're talking, she was a young lady whenever the story that she told took place. So I would uh, guess that she was around 12 or so. She seemed to have been from the way she described it, at that, uh, the age of mortification, you know, uh, uh, around 12, when it was, oh, father, you know, when, when everybody, everybody's parents just mortifies them for everything they do and the way that they are, you know, because she said that it just mortified her that her father was such a positive person. And the thing is, is that he lived with an attitude of gratitude toward God in everything in his life. And the story that she shared was one evening after they'd been at a church service in Texarkana. And, uh, well, they had gotten out and they got in their car. They got ready to go home. And it was dark. And her father started to crank up the car. And it wouldn't start. And so he got out and he raised the hood and he started peering around under the hood to see what was wrong. And then he said, oh, somebody stole our battery. <laughs> and and then and this is what got her. I'm going to make sure I get this right. Then he said, praise the Lord. Isn't God good? They could have taken this whole car and all they took was the battery. And the thing is, you see, he saw the good. He saw the blessing. He saw that. And he saw good in everything in life. It's just the way that he And you know what? That's the way that we should live as Christians, isn't it? We have been brought into the presence of God in such a way that we know that he is our source. We know that he's the one that blesses. And we know that even in the tough times, he blesses us. I don't know how many times I've been through harsh, hard things. And even as I was going through them and maybe even in emotional or physical pain, still had a sense of blessedness of his presence with me, helping me, undergirding me, getting me through. Well, how about you? Are you thankful no matter what? Uh, perhaps you've lost a job recently, or maybe you're fighting a health issue, or maybe you've lost a loved one, or who knows what. I know that circumstances can be tremendously difficult in this world, but even so, we all have much to be thankful for, even when we're going through tough stuff. About three years ago, Sharon and I stood outside the prison 
where the apostle Paul spent the last days of his life. And I tell you, that was a moving moment for me as the reality of what happened to him sank into my heart. If there ever was a man who had every right to be bitter, but was not, it was Paul. Just, just think about this. As he was there in that prison, even you know, the next footsteps in the corridor that he heard, he knew might be of those might be those of the guard taking him out to his execution. His only bed was the hard, cold stone floor of a cramped prison cell. Not an hour passed when he was free from the constant irritation of the chains and the pain of the iron manacles cutting into his wrists and legs. Separated from friends, unjustly accused and brutally treated, if ever a person had a right to complain, it was him, languishing, almost forgotten, in a harsh Roman prison. But instead of complaints, his lips rang with words of praise and thanksgiving, and his pen wrote words of grace and thanks. The apostle knew and lived the meaning of true thanksgiving, even in the midst of adversity. Earlier, when he had been in prison in Rome, uh, Paul wrote, Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Think of it. Always giving thanks in every situation, no matter what the circumstances. You see, for Paul, Thanksgiving wasn't just a once a year celebration, but a daily reality that changed his life and made him a joyful person in whatever situation he found himself in. Thanksgiving, the giving of thanks to God for all his blessings should be one of the most distinctive marks of a believer in Jesus Christ. We can't follow a spirit of ingratitude. It will harden our hearts and it will chill our relationship with God and with each other. Nothing turns us into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people quicker than an ungrateful heart. And nothing will be, will, will do more to restore contentment and the joy of our salvation than a true attitude of thankfulness. In the ancient world, leprosy was a terrible disease. It disfigured those who had it. It permanently cut them off from the rest of society. Every leper yearned for one thing, and that was to be healed. And then as we read this morning, these 10 lepers approached Jesus outside the village, keeping their distance, 
and loudly pleading with him to heal them. And in an instant, he restored them to perfect health. Now, I want you to notice what it says here. It says, whenever the one comes back and thanks him, he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. And that word that is translated here, made you well, can also be translated, your faith has saved you. His faith had saved him. Salvation, that word sozo, encompasses so much. It means just being right with your maker, right with the world, right in every sense of the world. And our faith does that. When our faith is in the one true God, who is the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we wind up being made whole and complete in a way that those outside of him just do not know. But he had been made whole in every way. But only one came back and thanked him. All the rest left without a word of thanks, preoccupied only with themselves, living out of an attitude of ingratitude. And today, ingratitude and thanklessness are far, far too common. We take for granted the ways that others help us. And above all, we fail to thank God for his blessings or even to acknowledge them. Ingratitude, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but did you know that ingratitude is a sin? You ever thought about that? It's sinful to be ungrateful. Just as surely as lying or stealing or immorality or any other sin condemned by the Bible, one of the Bible's indictments against a rebellious humanity is that although they knew God, they knew who he was, they knew he was their creator, they neither glorified him as God or gave thanks to him. An ungrateful heart is a heart that's cold toward God and indifferent to his mercy and his love. It's a heart that has forgotten how dependent we are on God for everything. From one end of the Bible to the other, we are commanded to be thankful. In fact, Gratitude is the natural outflowing of a heart that is attuned to God. The psalmist declares, sing to the Lord with what? Thanksgiving. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Paul wrote to the Colossians, be thankful. A spirit of thanksgiving is always the mark of a joyous Christian. So why should we be thankful? Because God has blessed us. And we should be thankful for each of those blessings. Sometimes we can forget that we're blessed. And, uh, you know, I started, I remembered a song. How many of y'all know the song, Count Your Blessings? Let's see your hands. You know the song. 
about 50% of you, okay? When upon life's billows, I'm not going to sing it for you, okay? I'll bless you that way. It's a blessing. Be thankful. When upon life's billows, you are tempest tossed. When you're discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. And then the chorus is, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. It's good to do that from time to time. One more verse. There are four verses. I'm just going to give you two. Does the cross seem heavy? You're called to bear. Count your many blessings. Every doubt will fly. And you will be singing as the days go by. When you look at others with their lands and gold, think that, oh, I've gone into verse three. Sorry about that. Well, I'll finish it up. Think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy, your reward in heaven, nor your Lord on high. So we are reminded, and I love that song. It just causes me to just rejoice as I realize just how blessed I am. Now, let me ask you this. How can you acknowledge your blessings from God and not thank him for them? How can you do that? Just think about it. Well, let me give you a quick list of just five different things that you have been blessed with and that you can be thanking God for as Thanksgiving approaches and as it leaves behind you. First, thank God for the material blessings that he gives you. We seem to never have enough, do we? Rich or poor, healthy or sick. But what a difference it makes when we realize that everything we have has been given to us by God. King David prayed, wealth and honor come from you. We give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Everything comes from you. Another thing to be thankful for, the people that you have in your life now. It's easy to take people for granted or to even complain or become angry because they don't just don't act or live or be the way that we want them to be. But we need to we need to give thanks for those around us, for our spouses, our children, our relatives, our friends. Uh, And yes, even that weird one that you're going to be coming across during the holidays, uh, be thankful for them and those others that help us in some way along the way. Do you you let others know that you appreciate them and that you're thankful for them? You know, the Christians in Corinth were far from perfect, but Paul began his first letter to them even as he was addressing some of his problem children by saying, I always thank God for you. Number three, thank God in the midst of trials and even persecution. You know, none of us want difficulties 
And yet none of us are exempt from some sort of trouble from time to time. In many parts of the world, it's dangerous to even be a Christian because of persecution. And yet in the midst of those trials, we can thank God because we know that he has promised to be with us, that he's going to help us. We know that he can use these times, these tough times to draw us closer to himself. James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. You know, when the prophet Daniel, I'd never noticed this till this week, when the prophet Daniel learned that evil men were plotting against him, to destroy him, you know what he did? It says, I quote, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Daniel was one that lived with an attitude of gratitude. Even when people were coming against him, he could still give thanks to God. I don't know what trials you're facing right now, but God does. And he loves you. And he's with you through the presence of his Holy Spirit. Cultivate an attitude of thankfulness, even in the midst of heartaches and trials. Now, number four, thank God especially for his salvation in Jesus Christ. It's only because of what Jesus did on the cross that we can even come to know the closeness of God and have that distance removed. And that distance should not be there. And yet, you know, there are a lot of people that live with that distance. They really want that distance. I, I read this thing this last week about too many people treat, uh, treat Jesus like a loan company. When they have a need, they seek him out and they beg for help. And then after they get it, they don't want to be around him anymore, you know, until they have a need again. And that's the way that we're prone to treat Jesus, isn't it? We have a need, oh God. And then once the need is passed, don't want to be seen with this guy. And yet that's not the way a Christian's supposed to live. We live in his presence and we can live in his presence because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And that brings us to number five. Thank God for his continued presence and power in your life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you that you have made a way for us to draw near to you. We thank you for the blessing of the cross. We thank you that just as you made that leper whole, and brought him into newness of life. You have made us whole, washing us and cleansing us from sin and giving us a life that is able to draw near to you. Forgive us when we have drawn away from you 
instead of taking advantage of the nearness that we can have to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.